0: This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola.
1: Labs, I know you're a veteran when it comes to the Combine in Indianapolis. You took this year off. You're not there. I took this year off. I've been there once before. What's the biggest thing you're going to miss from the beautiful city of Indianapolis, Indiana, when you're not there for the Combine this week?
0: Harry and Izzy's. Ugh. Never went when I went. Is it good? Uh well it's um you've heard of um Saint right? Of course, right? Th- I did go there. Okay. Well, it's the same. It's the same kitchen, the same menu. Oh, okay. Uh, Harry Harry and Izzy's is just more of a you know, bar kind of Oh gotcha. Um, they have served food and have tables and everything, but it's you know, it's it's more hip for youngsters like yourself, you know.
1: <laughs> Why the hell um, wasn't I there then?
0: <laughs> I I don't know. You didn't ask me. <laughs> Uh, um, but well, before we go any further, yeah. I, I hope there's going to be quarterback questions in this. Um, because me, if not, I mean, on, let me just I might have to uh,
1: through here. Just a quick little glance over our questions. It looks like we've got at least three quarterback questions and they're coming at you right out of the gate. So you want to get started? Uh,
0: I love it. It's, you know, <laughs> rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Brian Hanford from Sellins Pennsylvania asks... I just don't see Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins being the solution at quarterback, nor do I see any veteran worth going after, which leaves this draft one of the most important since Ben Roethlisberger was selected in 2004. If they are forced to trade up, what is the most likely scenario in your opinion? Will they need to trade into the top 10, or will a smaller trade with the Chargers at number 17 be good enough? I am guessing it's Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or BUST this year. Am I correct?
0: Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I had no idea until we started doing these podcasts that so many Steelers fans were experts in player personnel, scouts. I mean, um, so uh, Brian doesn't see Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins being the solution, and nor does he like any of the other veterans, and I don't know that I disagree with him about that.
1: And um, if it's not Pickett or Willis,
0: according to Brian,
1: it's a bust.
0: It's a bust. Um <laughs> No, it's or bust. Oh, right,
1: right, right.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, Harry and Izzy's or bust, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Brian's wrong uh, in a lot of different (laughs) ways, in my opinion. Uh, I'll try and uh, get, you know, enumerate those in some sort of order. Um, You know, the Steelers don't share your opinion on Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. I don't know that they're going to end up being the answer the solution to use brian's word but i don't know that they're ready to proclaim that now um you know there, there needs to be some of this there needs to be some stuff happen on football fields before some of these decisions can be made as opposed to you know listening to the um talking heads blather on you know it one in a morning show or <laughs> one of those afternoon shows or hey you know we could always listen to the hasselbeck brothers because you know they they were so good at it doing it themselves, and so uh, there's that. But anyway, um, you know the Steelers aren't going to be forced to trade up. I mean, it's not mandatory that the Steelers use a first round pick on a quarterback this year, um, and it's not even mandatory that they use one of their six picks, which is what they have right now, pending the awarding of some of the compensatories uh, on a quarterback this year. Um, you know, and Again, not to disparage Brian's uh, bona fides as a scout uh, just because he doesn't see any veteran worth going after. Uh, that has no bearing on you know whether the Steelers decide to do that to inject some competition into this whole thing or you know if they have an interest in adding you know a veteran, um, you know, maybe as depth, you know or whatever. So I don't my personal opinion at this stage, here we are. Uh, doing this podcast on Wednesday, March 2nd. Um, I don't think the Steelers are going to tr- use a draft pick on a quarterback this year. I don't. I, I don't think that uh, Kenny Pickett is going to be there 20th. Um, Malik Willis is not a plug and play guy. Uh, and they have so many other needs. Um, right. You know, so, but anyway, m- maybe I'll change my mind moving forward, but that's how I see it right now.
1: This next one's a doozy labs. Keith Weimer from Boardman, Ohio. What were your views on the potential development of Devlin Duck Hodges? Would there be any chance he might be signed and invited to Steelers training camp and given another shot? I personally thought he was a plucky kind of guy.
0: You think plucky is a play on words with yes, Duck? Yes, it
1: absolutely
0: is. <laughs> okay. Um, so credit to Keith you know, there. <laughs> all due respect to to Devlin Hodges. Um, He's not an NFL caliber quarterback he's not. Um, he uh, was an interesting you know fourth guy at training camp in 2019 and you know let's let's we, we need to let me just give you a little background on Devlin Hodges okay this guy won I forget the name of the trophy but it's it's the uh, the Heisman trophy for Division two or whatever lower division football he was. It was the same trophy that Steve McNair won. Okay, who had a pretty nice career in the NFL. Yeah, decent. So because he he did that, you can be sure that he was scouted. Okay, NFL teams need quarterbacks. So when Hodges was coming out of the draft, he was scouted. Nobody drafted him. Thirty-two teams, seven rounds, plus all the compensatory picks. Nobody picked him. Okay, then after that undrafted rookies get signed probably about 10 per team 32 teams that's another 320 players he was not signed okay have i mentioned that nfl teams are looking for quarterbacks okay <laughs> then he came to the steelers tryout didn't get signed then was a free agent after that nobody signed him the steelers bring him to training camp he plays preseason games etc they cut him nobody signs him i mean are we are we we catching on here to what the league (laughs) think thought about devlin hodges again he doesn't have nfl caliber arm strength um plucky maybe um you know try hard all that good stuff and i'm not saying that there's anything you know personally wrong with him you know i'm not a uh, an NFL caliber player, either that doesn't make me a bad guy or a useless human being. Um, you know, I'm those things based on other qualifications that I have. But um, so, but no, no, there is no chance um, that Devlin Hodges ends up in the NFL uh, in 2022.
1: I just did a, a quick perusal of the Ottawa Red Blacks of the CFL's. A depth chart from last year, and Duck was sitting at third on the depth chart as far as quarterbacks are concerned.
0: I think they cut him, though.
1: They did? They did end up cutting him? Okay, so, yes, so not even so. good enough for the CFL, but we're going to bring him yeah, into hey. the NFL for a tryout.
0: Well, maybe on um, Keith's team, the team that you and Keith jointly own.
1: Oh maybe.
0: <laughs> I'm selling my
1: shares in that team.
0: <laughs> Lyle Burton from
1: Orlando, Florida. Is there any chance another team would be willing to give up their first-round pick to sign Dwayne Haskins as a restricted free agent?
0: Okay, here we go again. Um, Dwayne Haskins was the 15th overall pick uh, the year he came out for the draft. The Washington football team waived him. Okay, At that point, any any team in the NFL could have claimed him for no compensation, but they would have had to assume his rookie contract. Okay. Then the waiver period, which is 24 hours, expired without him being claimed. And so then, you know, he's just like me and you. Any team can sign him for the minimum salary. One offer. Uh, And he's here now. So, you know, you're not supposed to answer questions with questions, but I can't resist. Why would a team now give up a first-round pick to sign someone that could have signed for nothing at least a couple of different times. And, you know, it's not like Dwayne Haskins has shown anything in any real football games that you would say, you know, he's not even um, Gardner Minshew to pick a name out of, you know, who had played in some regular season games and maybe, you know, some Right. People fall in love with them as a result of that. So uh, the answer to that question, Lyle, I think it has to be a no.
1: Nathan Geisler from Boise, Idaho. With the Super Bowl over and that game's most valuable player named, it reminded me of a story during the offseason after the 2002 season. Was it true the Steelers almost signed former Tampa Bay safety, De- safety Dexter Jackson, who had recently been voted the most valuable player of Super Bowl 37?
0: Uh, yes, and just a little side note to this uh, story, uh, the the Tampa Bay secondary coach at that time was Mike Tom.
1: Oh sounds familiar.
0: Okay, so anyway, that off season um, it was 2003 after the 20, 20, 2002 regular season in the Super Bowl. The Steelers are looking for you know a veteran safety and free agency. You know, Lee Flowers and Brent Alexander were both getting old. They were the starters in 2002 at safety. And, you know, I mean, they were okay players. Flowers was really a good special teams player. Pretty good in-the-box safety against the run. Um, Brent Alexander was okay. You know, free safety in terms of, um, you know, playing the deep middle, finding the ball. Uh, He had some interceptions a few different years four or five. So, you know, not an awful player, but they were both getting old and the Steelers defense uh, against the pass in 2002 wasn't very good. So the Steelers are in the market. They end up targeting Dexter Jackson. He was 26 at the time. Uh, Nice combination size and ball skills. Had a couple of picks in the Super Bowl. Uh, The Steelers believed that they had an agreement uh, on a contract with his agent, Peter Schaefer. Uh, Jackson ended up instead at the last minute signing with the Cardinals out of nowhere. And in the aftermath, Schaefer said Dexter was all set to go to Pittsburgh, as I just said, but you have to credit the Cardinals for showing the desire to get better as a team. So when an agent says that, what's that mean? Money, 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 money. (laughs) right. (laughs) So uh, the Cardinals came in uh, threw more money at Dexter Jackson and, that's what Dan Rooney used to call um, put that one in the PR budget because the Cardinals signed the reigning Super Bowl MVP. They could tell their fans, look, we're trying to get better. Would you like to buy some season tickets? So anyway, uh, the Cardinals did that. So the Steelers were pretty much out of the free agency market at that point in terms of a safety. Uh, so they turned their search for that kind of player in the NFL draft. What happened was Kevin Colbert worked a trade with Kansas City, moved up to 16th overall in the first round, and they picked some guy from USC, um, what's his name, with the long hair. Long hair. He's in those uh, head and shoulders to to commercials, right? Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, pull them all. Oh, so, that's right. Well, so, yeah. Jury's still so out sometime, about that move to see how it worked out. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, and if anyone wonders what, it looks, what uh, long hair looks like uh, on a bronze bust, uh, there's one of him in Canton, Ohio. And it looks, go check that
1: glorious. Out. looks glorious. Looks <laughs> glorious. Lonnie Mackey from Orlando, Florida. I was excited to hear that the Steelers were interviewing Lewis Riddick for the Open GM job. I enjoy his broadcasts, and his grasp on player evaluation seems to be top-notch. Are the Steelers still interested?
0: Um, let me start with this. I'm not even 100% sure that that interview actually ever happened. Mm. Um, a lot of the uh, Lewis Riddick... Uh, is interviewing with the Steelers buzz was coming from Lewis Riddick, uh, who is that kind of a um, promotional uh, force in his own right. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and I, I don't know if the Steelers really have interest. I can't even tell you for 100% whether the interview happened or not. And I don't know for 100% whether, um, you know, there could be something that comes together between the two sides down the road but let me just tell you this little story about hiring somebody uh for a gm job or a front office job on an nfl team because you enjoy his broadcasts uh 2001 matt millen remember him yep fox nfl game analyst number one or number two on um, number one and number two broadcasting uh took over as the Detroit Lions CEO and de facto general manager because William Clay Ford Sr., the owner, apparently enjoyed his broadcasts. Um, When um, Ford first offered him the job, Millen reportedly said to him, Mr. Ford, I really appreciate this, but I'm not qualified. Famous last words from William Clay Ford Sr., You're smart, you'll figure it out. Didn't happen that way. Seven seasons, Matt Millen's Lions team were 31 and 81, at least nine losses each season. He ended up getting fired. And so, you know, let that be a lesson that, you know, enjoying someone's broadcast doesn't necessarily make them a savvy um, a talent evaluator, a savvy someone who understands how, you know, to work trades, how to, you know, manipulate free agency, how to do all of those kinds of things that are necessary. Uh, To be in contention for a real NFL GM job, and then if you get it, to find a way to be successful in it. Um, A couple of things more about Lewis Riddick. You know, and I've been getting this from um, fans too. Well, Riddick had jobs, you know, in the NFL uh, for the, um, the Washington football team and the Eagles in their player personnel departments. That is accurate. However, he was fired from both of those. Uh, while he was uh, in Washington, Riddick was a pro scout, director of pro personnel, total of seven years from 2001 to 2007. Vinny Serrato, who was in charge of the Washington Player Personnel Department, uh, fired him, and then he uh, told an interview, or at some point later, Riddick was never in the draft room during his time here. So that that should tell you something about his um bona fides running a draft. Uh, Then he got a job with the Eagles. There he was a pro scout, assistant director of pro personnel, then director of pro personnel for a total of six years from 2008 to 2013. Then his contract was not renewed, which is another way of saying he was fired, uh, by Howie Roseman, who um, you know, you can like him or not, but uh, Roseman at least won a Super Bowl when he was in charge of player personnel with the Eagles, so as I said, I don't know uh, a whole lot about Riddick uh, in terms of you know where his where, where his uh, standing is with this interview or whatever. But uh, let's not get carried away about you know his abilities. Certainly not yet.
1: Do you think Matt Millen, when he got fired after seven seasons, went into Mr. Ford's office and was like, look, buddy, I told you from the beginning here, I'm
0: not good at this. I don't know why we're still. You know, I mean, and to me, you know, there's and I remember that there was a lot of vilification of Millen um, by fans and the media and stuff. And I really don't think it's his fault. I mean, I think that, you know, it would be like hiring me to do that job. I mean, uh, I'm incapable But if you hire me, it's not my fault that I don't, I'm not able to do it. You hired me. You made the bad decision. So, um, yeah, I I don't blame Millen for that failure as much as I do, you know, the Lions ownership.
1: And can't really feel too bad for Millen because I'm pretty sure all those checks cleared.
0: Yeah, they did. (laughs) He is having some health issues, though. So, and again, I don't wish him, you know, ill or anything. As I said, I, I um, but, um, yeah, I, as I said, you want to blame, uh, someone for that. It's the ownership.
1: Mehmet Shrat from New York, New York. How many times have the Steelers traded down in the first round? And if the player they want is not available with the 20th pick, should they consider trading down to get more picks in the 2022 draft?
0: Okay. Well, there's two situations in the modern era, which, uh, that I can remember the Steelers traded down in the first round. Um And before that, I mean, we're, we're not going in the 40s and 50s. I mean, who, who knows? Drafts were conducted then out of magazines. Um, but one of the things that Kevin Colbert always says about trading down or trading up is you have to consider what you're giving up or what you're passing by. And by giving up, you know, like he said um, at the Combine this year, I don't ever look at it as just saying, well, we traded a third and a sixth for this guy or for this draft position. He said because the third round pick could end up being Emmanuel Sanders, as it was at one point, and the sixth round pick could end up being Antonio Brown, which it was at one point. So you have to weigh what you're getting uh, for what you're potentially losing. And then the other thing is, when you trade down, at your original spot— Who was there that you could have taken that might have made a significant difference on your team? So those are the two situations. uh, Since we're talking about trading down, we'll look at the latter of those two that I just described. 1990, the Steelers traded down. They had the 17th overall pick in the first round. uh, They traded down to 21st overall because Joe Walton, who was the new offensive coordinator, just hired that offseason earlier. That offseason, season, <clears throat> excuse me. He had a uh, his system was uh, tight end centric, and he had to have Eric Green, a tight end from Liberty, which is the same college that Malik Willis, uh, is it, uh, came from, is coming from, uh, this year. So anyway, okay. So the Steelers make that deal. With the 17th pick, Dallas drafted. He was a running back from Florida um what was his name oh yeah emmett smith you might have heard of him <laughs> i think he NFL's has a bust in that time. place called Canton. too <laughs> yeah um all-time leading rusher so eric green emmett smith uh you tell me uh who you who you'd rather have okay then the other time it happened 2001 was kevin colbert's second draft with the steelers uh things worked out a little bit better um they worked a deal with the Jets. They dropped number sixteen overall in the first round to number nineteen overall. They picked nose tackle Casey Hampton, who was there. They could have picked uh, at sixteen. Well, probably the best player uh, was Steve Hutchinson, a guard. He ended up making the Hall of Fame. You know, which good player. Uh, the Jets didn't draft him, of course, because the Jets are the Jets. <laughs> the Jets. Um. Um. But. At the time, well, I will, you know, I will stick up for the Steelers at, at, at this um, in this area. Uh, they did have a, their own. Uh, Hutchinson played left guard. Uh, the Steelers' left guard was Alan Fanica, who ended up ended up with a hall uh, exactly, a busting yes. can too. So, I mean, you can always use a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. That's let's not get ridiculous. Um, but um, in that case, uh, it's not as bad to me uh, as passing on Emmett Smith when your starting tailback is Tim Worley. So <laughs> there's that. So but anyway, uh is it is it something that um, you know, will they consider? Yeah, sure, absolutely they they will. But talking about it and actually pulling it off are two totally different things because you gotta find a team that's willing to trade up. Um and then you got to go through the things that I just outlined. You know for the team trading up they have to consider you know what else what are we giving and what could we what else could we get maybe from that if just picking ourselves um, and you know the in the Steelers spot um, what what who's there that we might be able to pick just pick and make our team better you know last year is a prime example of that when the Steelers turn came in the first round Najee Harris was there now uh, I've been told that under no circumstances would the Steelers have traded down out of that spot if Najee Harris was there, because they were just going to pick him. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we've seen so far justifies um, their faith in him. So, you know, there's that. Oh, just one one last thing in the t- 2001 draft. One of the picks the Steelers u- uh, got uh, from the Jets, they then packaged. In the second round, to move up, and they sent them to New England to move up, and they drafted uh, Georgia inside linebacker Kendrell Bell. Uh, He went. He was voted uh, 2001 Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Then his career kind of fizzled out pretty quickly after that because of injuries. So, you know, Casey Hampton and Kendrell Bell for a year and a half uh, is is a pretty good uh, haul. Uh, Even though they could have had a Hall of Fame guard to put on the other side of their um, Hall of Fame guard, a Hall of Fame guard, yeah, (laughs) just had a brain cramp right there. That's why I'm
1: here for you, Labs.
0: I know, like I knew you were good for something.
1: (laughs) Our final question today comes from Nate Davo from Auburn, Indiana. Do you think we'll ever see another Tom Brady? I mean, mostly because of his practice of signing team-friendly deals to enable his team to build around him instead of going for one of the highest salaries he could get. I feel with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's big contracts and soon-to-be Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert that they'll care too much about their money as compared to helping their team spread the money around to win.
0: Um, okay, Nate, I will give you uh, uh, this. Tom Brady Throughout his career, has never really attempted to maximize his own personal contract, and uh, as a result, you know Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and Belichick, the coach slash GM slash grand poobah, um, <laughs> have been able to you know put together some nice teams around Brady. And let's certainly there is no arguing with their run of success mm-hmm. with him at quarterback. But, we, but before we break ground on that statue for Brady, let's just um, interject a little dose of reality. Um, Tom Brady is married to Giselle Bundchen, who is uh, is one of the highest paid, most successful uh, supermodels in the history of that injury. Excuse me. In, in, the, injury, in the history of that um Business, she, her uh, estimated net worth right now is four hundred million dollars. She earns a reported forty million dollars a year. <laughs> okay, so you know, being married to her has <laughs> a lot of benefits, <laughs> um, and I'm not I'm not uh, trying to be glib. Um, I'm sh- you know, so anyway, uh, Tom Brady was on uh, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel Live one time not that long ago after a Super Bowl win and Jimmy Kimmel was making the point that Nate is making uh, himself was wow um, isn't it great how you always um, d- decline uh, to go after the biggest buck and to leave money on the salary cap for other teammates so that you know you can win and um, Brady said he told Kimmel that he um, you know, the thing I've always felt for me in my life that winning has been a priority. And then he took a breath and said, and my wife makes a lot of money. (laughs) Um, And then everybody laughed because, you know, they knew who his wife was. And Brady then looks at Kimmel and says, I'm a little smarter than you think. (laughs) So, you know, again, uh, I give Tom Brady a lot of credit for being savvy, for marrying well, and, um, you know, for having a, perspective on winning versus greed that he could afford to have that maybe some other people could not. Um, So again, that's the reality of his situation and kudos to him for taking advantage of that uh, to maximize the number of Super Bowl rings he currently owns.
1: I always got a chuckle after he'd win a Super Bowl when uh, Brazil's newspapers, Giselle's home country, would always print the headline, Giselle Bundchen's husband wins six <laughs> Super Bowl trophies. She, well, like, owns that country. Lot,
0: well, there's a lot of places that um, I'm sure outside of the continental United States yeah. maybe that uh, Tom Brady is known as Giselle Bundchen's husband. <laughs>
1: I'd like to be known as Giselle Bundchen's husband every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Asked and Answered. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll be back with some fresh questions again next week.